So, this time on the Super Novice Adventure Podcast, I go over the piece that I work on in the uh, Digital Fringe and the amazing amount of headaches that I have from the code will blow your mind away because some of this stuff just I don't know why it doesn't work and oh well it's a thing I made and it does a thing I may upgrade it over the coming weeks but I'll let you hear about what working with it right now and uh, this one is definitely a whole lot more coding oriented than it is art or music oriented but I hope you enjoy my slight ramblings of the creation that I made. And you have something to take away from this. But you know what they say. The show must go on. Or in this case, let's get that party started. Okay. Enjoy, guys. Talk to you. Soon. Talk to you. Enjoy, guys. And that's it. That there's no talk to you or talk to you later. It's just um I you know what? Uh I'll just hand this over to me. Yeah. That the, it, I'll 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 explain everything right now. That there we go. I'll explain it all. Yeah. That um yeah. Yeah, that's how that works. Bye. Wait, no, don't go anywhere. First things first, uh thank you to the digital friend for hosting me and the rest of us uh, game developers and programming artists. It was a very fun experience, especially seeing some of the more full-force projects that were made. I feel like I paled in comparison to them. But then again, when you're a novice, you pretty much are always going to fail in comparison to, to others. So... I'll see how we can level up. Today, I'm going to go over all the little things that I, I did in this project. It's not much that I, I worked on. I ended up having a few technical issues, which I still haven't even figured out how to answer. I'll probably work on that in another, another week or so when I feel a little bit different. And I'm just not working on this one project the entire time. So, for right now, uh, the project stands as this. I have a very pretty background of stars that react to your audio. I have meteors that more or less are supposed to be called uh, based off of the type of pitch. The color is supposed to be called based off of the type of pitch. Um, I I actually I think I may have slightly broken that, and I may have uh, changed it while trying to double check some stuff. So I'm not too sure what I have up on the Git. Um, I'll make sure to put up the pitch version then. And I have a planet that doesn't explode nor take damage, and meteors that don't meteor properly okay well let's get into it um hmm where can i really start 
Uh, you know what? I'll just start at the top. So I call the minimum. I call three different planet uh, types. Essentially, just so you guys can see the different ways that you can call it. So a fixed uh, list of stars, a single call to a planet, which I was going to replace with a small array. Just so I can have multiple planets go boom. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. An array list of meteors, which can vary in size. So, the difference between the, the three calls is that the planet um, call only calls one planet. So, there's only going to be one planet object. Now, I can use it to call multiples, but if I use what I currently have set up to call multiples, there, if I'm, uh, if I remember right, they call multiples of the exact same object. So if you kill one, you kill them all. If you destroy one, you destroy them all. And they're also all going to be the exact same name. Now, not like you can't work your way around it, but the easier way would be what I did for the stars and the meteors. Stars and meteors are both arrays and just different types of arrays. So the star one has a fixed number, which I set in the very beginning. So when you see star uh, box, um, box open, box close, stars, new stars, and then you see the numbers and the next set of boxes, that's how many stars are going to be uh, drawn. And that helps because of the fact that you're not drawing an endless number. You're drawing a very specific number. And so if you need to change something or control something, that helps. I also could have done a little bit of object pooling for the meteors or the planet, which would be a very different thing. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. So then I call my sound, which if you remember in the last episode, it's just a really simple little sound get. The rest of this code is kind of actually just real simple in the opening, I'm going to call it page, tab, the opening tab of everything. So the opening tab just has the setup. Um, I had set up a print a line uh, just to test something. Or actually, I do that quite a few times. I print a few lines just to test some things. And I, um, I uh, get all my base information. Then I just draw everything to the screen. I even made a quick little function so that way I can make it the way I kind of like it. So I really like the um, processing sketch with only the stars. Now that one's just a personal preference. I really just prefer the stars because it looks pretty and it is so simple. And so therefore it is fun. Um, then... Let's uh, kind of bounce over to tab number two. Now, tab number two is something that I I was working on, and I wanted to do more, but I didn't want to do more at once. So this is uh, 
the baseline of my creation. Yeah, the baseline of my creation. So there's a lot of details that happen in here that don't carry over to other things. A good example is R and radius float that happened in the very beginning. I don't feel like coding radius like a dozen times. So I just use R as radius. But in this one, R and radius, R is the temporary value while radius is the full value. The full value is what I would use for um, the actual object in and of itself. So uh, I will use a temporary value for something that's kind of only meant to just run for moments in code. A, a good example is that the R it helps decide how much HP there is. The temporary value would be like the decision of how much HP there is. Well, the full value would be the random whatever. Uh, I, I, th I think I may have tossed myself into a circle enough around there. I'm not too sure if that helps uh, anything. So, yeah. Um, I, I really just uh, made a couple of things. So I made a color class. Uh, I made a color item. Um, the color item was just a real dirty, 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 dirty way of picking my color. So... I have a function that runs in the very beginning and then whenever you display the color I just boom throw this color on there I can also do the same thing with a couple of other colors just to kind of see uh, what would work now um, the functions that are in here or don't and uh, don't exist yet are uh, land that's in here so when meteors crash, we're supposed to build land. That way the planets look more like planets. Um, that was something I kind of noticed when I was looking at it in the first place, is that I was supposed to be building land. But then I couldn't get the meteors to crash. I could have done a couple of other details to see if I could have worked the planet land, which I may actually do on a free day when I just have nothing else to do besides tool around a little bit I may actually do that um, but I, I seriously need to get back to my art and so therefore I need to need to put a little bit of time into drawing gotta get that XP um, so it was supposed to be making land just so it just has something a little bit more visually identifying separating the planets from the stars and so on and so forth I was going to use a similar um, picker for what type of land it was going to be so whether or not it would be a circle or a rack um, or I wonder if I have another shape and processing I, I pretty much only use circle and rectangles if you didn't notice so it was going to be one of those two uh, shapes or maybe a third or fourth Besides, like, a custom shape, which I just didn't feel like dealing with the logistics of making that work out. So it was going to be that, and I was going to use that to be the spot of land, and then I was going to base the size of the land off of how big it was. And I may even play with a few other variables to make it feel larger or smaller 
uh, there was a couple of things that I, I could have done um, that would have been dirty but worked. Uh, that's where a little bit of that later bit where now that I don't have to get this thing out there, I'll probably be a little bit more creative because I'm not looking at the barrel of a of a finish point. The rest of this I commented pretty well. So if you actually decide to look at it, you'll see all the things that I did in here. It's really like right now is the planet is probably the simplest uh piece that I have in here. So the planet has the least amount of code and it does the literal least. It just comes in and exists and that's it. That's all that happens. I threw a little stroke in there at the art show because of the fact that I wanted it to kind of stand out from the rest of the stars. And this stroke is just a fixed color. It's not even, you know, a color that I really thought of. It's like 2B66. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was kind of like... um what I ended up com coming across for everything. So, yeah. I think the best the best thing I could probably say is that I do use a p-vector. p-vectors in uh, processing are the more, um, what is it called? Uh, more flexible versions of dealing with uh, space and positions. And the reason why I use a p-vector in this is not because of the fact that I needed it for the planet itself. It's because I needed it for the meteors. P-vectors don't exactly work all too well with floats and um, integers and so on and so forth. So I had to turn the planet into a p-vector, uh, to turn the planet's position into a p-vector for the meteor itself. Wasn't really much of a pain because all I did was instead of just or, no um all I did was I just threw in a p vector position and I threw that position uh the x y coordinates of the planet and because of the fact that I didn't think too much about it now that I'm looking at it at this very moment the ellipse isn't even using the position dot x or the position dot y because i didn't care i just needed the position i was like yeah position pull but that's like my dirty way of doing it getting it real dirty mm, yeah <laughs> god i'm talking into a microphone about dirty code uh okay well the meteor the meteor gets god the meteor gets complicated so the meteor, in order to do what I wanted it to do, I ended up heavily relying on a bit of code that I found uh, from Daniel Schaefman years ago. It was one of his earlier things where he made uh, he made fireworks. And I tried breaking this code down when I first was getting into programming, and I just had no idea what I was doing. So, this code that I broke down is some like I, I broke it down and I finally figured it out. So, this code is literally a two parter. So, let's go with part A the meteors themselves. 
So the way everything works, especially in the processing sketch, is that the meteors themselves are um, p-vectors. Uh, no, oh, darn it. The meteors, the meteors themselves are their, um, the opening lines to everything. So in Daniel Schaefman's uh, fireworks, the, the, the dot that you saw go up into the air was the same as the dot that it, um, was the explosion of it coming to an end. So when it goes up and explodes, they were both the same thing. What that means is, is that the meteor class that I'm using is the opening lines. It is the basic of the basic of everything. Um, it's the base of everything, not the basic. <laughs> so because of the fact that it's the base of everything, you have to call for it multiple times. So this thing has several things that call upon itself through another method. Right now, all of this stuff is position, acceleration, velocity. Those are the p-vectors. Those are what tells how much it's moving. I was also going to throw a little bit of rotation in there, which I uh, never really got to because I had meteor technical difficulties. God darn it, meteors. Hey, these things are kind of difficult. Then I get really lazy. I go X, Y, Z, R. Those are my floats. Lifespan, I needed that just so I can say when this thing reaches X point, it booms. Uh, max force, max speed. Those things, um, uh, max force is how hard it turns. So does it does an object when um, the seeking feature happens? Does the object turn extremely hard on a dime or does it turn really slowly the amount of force helps sell how hard um something is coming in and because i was using this for the gravity seeming stuff it was my way of bsing how gravity really worked I could have max forced this to a random number or something like this, but I just set it to that. And if you don't know what max speed is, um, I'm sorry, I cannot help you code. Uh, maybe you should listen to an art episode. So back to what I was talking about with Max Payne. Wait, Max Payne? No, that's a game. Um, back to what I was talking about with the rest of the stuff. So then you got a couple of um, bowlings. One of them... Um, I actually used the other one was just me kind of testing something. First one is seed. Seed is set to false off the gate, so that way um, that can be uh, the beginning of everything. So remember how I said uh, the meteor starts off as uh, not the meteor. The um, Daniel Schaefman had the fireworks start off as a dot going up and then exploding. The reason why it didn't start off as 12 dots or 40 dots as because of the fact that it just had it had the seed feature in there so it called to true and then once it exploded it would set that seed to false and once that seed was false it would 
set everything else um it would set everything else in motion um so that's like everything the hit one was just me double checking a thing which i never got rid of because i was wondering if i could actually use it and there it is it's still there i think i was using i was going to use the hit function for the planet so uh remember how i told you that the land the land never became a thing i think i was going to use the hit function so when the hit called true i was going to make a chunk of land that way i'm not calling 12 different things at once um and also i'm not forcing two or three things to activate all at the same time i can delay the actual formation of the land by milliseconds or seconds or even frames if I really want to and then we get into the meteor now what I do with the meteor is uh, called an overload so um, overloading functions overloading methods overloading uh, a call is essentially what happens when you use the same name and you call it but the difference is is that when you initially call it you add different functionality to each call so a example for this situation is that an overloaded function for this i could technically use the exact same information and it wouldn't be an overload it would be a conflict so an example of an overload of a function method or anything else is that when you call the information so the original making of it uh you can do different things since you're most likely playing and processing if you look at the processing resources for a rectangle or um or ellipse you'll see that the rectangle and ellipse have three or four different methods of calling them so each one of them has different things that is what's called an overload um, when you overload it allows you to add more functionality or even just completely different functionality based off of what you do a good example would be you can use the same exact code to do two different things by adding a little bit of information in one version and not adding that information in another version with the ellipse i can i can add more dimensionality i can add less dimensionality all based off of just me playing around with a little bit of the code and it's really really fun you have no idea you have no idea how fun it is i, I feel like a whole creep when i say that Oh, oops.
Um, and of course, you know, when I look at it, Ellipse doesn't have uh, an overload method because it doesn't, uh, but the rectangle does. So when you look at the rectangle, you have um, three different methods of overloading it. You have the original rectangle, so the rectangle is going to be at this position and with this height and with this width. Then you have the other one that has all the same information, but how rounded are the edges? Then you have the third one, which as uh, which is how rounded are each and every last one of the edges? So it's going to be the rectangles at this position, the X and the Y. Then it's going to be how tall and how wide it's going to be. And then it's how rounded is the upper right corner? How rounded is the upper left corner? How rounded is the bottom right corner? How rounded is the bottom left corner? You know, it's actually kind of interesting when you really play around with these type of details. You can do a lot of things with your code, especially if you are trying to make something that's a little bit more robust. But if you're just starting out, you don't really need to do a ton of stuff. I only used the overload method because I knew for a fact that I wanted to just make the thing explode when I did something. But I didn't want to go overboard with this method and then try to make something that was not what I wanted. So that is, um, that is a little bit of what happened with that overloaded method going on. Um, then I just, I said a couple of, uh, things. I'm probably not going to go too deep into the space rock one because the space rocks, uh, don't work. So I'll say that for an episode when they do work. Uh, <laughs> um, so that is pretty much it for the, uh, the overloaded methods. So let's kind of just go down into a little bit of, uh, the movement. Of the meteors. So the meteors, I did something really simple. I didn't uh, get too deep because mostly I kind of got stuck while testing, um, and I never added the extra functionality. So the meteors right now have an accelerating force that increases the speed, and I think I'm not positive. This is the thing I use for the gravity. This also may be the thing I use for the steering method. So, um, if I remember right, I, I originally uh, used the apply force P, um, for applying gravity to just it and arrange. Now, the gravity I kind of just set as a p-vector that came from nowhere in, in the um, original code. And it's the thing that's kind of grayed out. So if you throw gravity in there instead of uh, anything else and, like, comment out the steer force, it'll just all just go... Um, <laughs> just all just fly straight to the planet. It's actually kind of funny watching uh, how awkward that is. But uh, if you really want to get a little bit of, of uh, intentionality out of the movement, Try playing around with the seek function. Now, the seek function 
is the reason why it pulls to the planet. Now, there's a couple of uh, different ways you could do this. So, the original uh, um, description version of the seek function actually has you targeting the mouse. So, if you can target the mouse, you could target a couple of uh, things. And each and every last one of them are just like fun little details you could throw in there and just makes it like really fun. So, I use the seek function just to just uh, follow in on the mouse. Each, uh, not the mouse, on the planet. Each uh, one of the meteors follows, uh, fo flows to the planet on its own based off of how close it is to the planet. And I don't have like a range thing, which I can figure out how to set up, but right now I'm still kind of working on something else. So uh, I may or may not do for like a range. So depending on how close decides like how hard it seeks into the planet or to the center of the planet. But I kind of like it how it is right now where it has like the pass by because it is just a generalized seek and it just can go flying past. Now the downside is that I don't have a call that makes everything neutral once the seek is over. So uh, a good example is that it very rarely but does call false when I have a uh, when I have a meteor pass by and I should just allow the meteor to just pass by meteor to pass by and just call it a day but I don't because I don't so that's a uh, that's my life. Um, after the steer, I just have uh, your standard update and display. Uh, I don't know if I actually explained what update and display do. So to kind of give you a quick and gritty version, update, um, update uh, just runs all the important bits of code and just says, hey, this is the code that I need you to like run in order for it to be in a new place a new space a new time a new whatever um display is all the code that says hey draw this shape here so update and display and even um my space rocks which i probably won't go into too much detail because it doesn't work properly but in my space rocks I have update and display running multiple different times and so that way I don't have 12 different updates and displays going on in space rocks or going uh, into a different space rocks or going into a different thing. I just have the run and that is just a simplified version of update and display. Uh, what else do I have going on here? I have a few booleans. Now, these booleans have been called as functions. So, one boolean is called crash, another one is dead, and each one of these booleans are seen as either false or true. I really can't tell. They don't call at all, it seems like. So, this is the part where I mentioned um, I have the it doesn't call, uh, it only calls false a few times. And if it calls false, then I might as well treat it as 
a special occasion. And so therefore, it doesn't call false at all until it it reaches a point where it actually decides to call. And if that's the case, like if that's truly the case from what I witnessed, then why not make that something interesting? Why not change the color? You know, random color pick. Whatever. Whatever. Um, so yeah. Uh, actually, I think I'll do that. I think I'll do that right now. Color pick. Boom. Yeah. Now it's going to maybe have a different color altogether. And it's all your fault, people. It's all your fault. Don't say you didn't affect my code. Um, and the last thing is uh, color pick, which is literally the same color pick from the original uh, planet sketch. Because I need... I need time to to make stuff, and therefore I didn't feel like doing it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't feel like making, like, multiple versions of the color pick. I just used the same base code and reworked all of it for certain pieces, like color pick, which I didn't need to make it extra fancy. Um, remember, when you're prototyping, it doesn't need to be fancy. It needs to be working. And guess what works better? Working. Um, stars? Oh my god, these things are so simple. Uh, I thought the planets were as simple as all hell, but th this thing runs with 35 lines, while the planets run 47 lines. And uh, all honesty, most of these lines are just white space. Um, <laughs> on the stars versus the planets. The planets has like a couple like attempts and reattempts. So uh the 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 thing I did which is really simple, I took color oh um uh, the stars have like literally three things. It has a color and it has a X, Y and Z and a R because I wasn't too sure if I was going to make a three-dimensional, which is why I keep throwing the Z in there. Um, so X and Y are random height and width, so just somewhere on the screen. And it gets a uh, random R between uh, 0 and 5. And I just throw that into the stars. And the stars get a random ellipse input of um oh you know what i think the stars may have been the original the stars are the originals and the planets uh stole their color pick so yeah yeah take that take that originality um and the ellipses get uh a buffer based off of the audio so i literally just call in the minimum sound stuff and I do that. Uh, I would, I really would love to go into the Space Rocks uh, chapter of everything, but the Space Rocks chapter doesn't make sense right now. So right now, 
Um, I think I told you that the meteors have two booleans that um, boolean functions that called true or false only when they're called upon. So I'm not sure if they call true or false at all at any point until um, they're actually called. And when they are called, that's when they're either true or they are false. So when the Boolean function returns true, it's supposed to affect a couple of other things. So when it crashed into the planet, it's supposed to send its position and make a whole bunch of little baby meteors to explode off of its position. It's not doing that. Um, man, I, I really, I don't have much else to go on off of this code. Uh, so, uh... I'm going to really more or less just call it there. I had a extremely long week, which is the reason why this episode is not out on Friday. I will say that I have two ways I'm going to be putting out these episodes because I work weekends. So if the episode is not out on a Friday, it will be out on that following Monday, mostly because of the fact that I can't... Uh, take the time to properly edit an episode if I try to do it on the weekend I may at best be able to put it out on a Sunday for you but I tried to I try to put these episodes out on uh, Friday so that way it's for a lot of people going into their biggest amount of free times and they can hear me talk about the things that I'm doing and maybe be inspired to work on that project that they've been working on or putting off or even the idea that they had. Otherwise, if you just wanted to hear me ramble on about uh, this random code, um, thank you for listening. I post all of this stuff on GitHub. The big thing that I'm working on right now is just making sure that this thing has a proper landing page. So if you guys have like any questions that you want to ask or any statements that you want to say, you can send them to me. I will be more than willing to talk with you all about the things that I am doing in the creative spice. So, I will say this one thing and one thing only. Stay creative. See ya. Bye.